Jesus has equipped us to be his messengers. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Hey guys, good morning. It's Friday. We made it through another week. Thank you, Jesus. Um, We're starting today to move on in Luke's Gospel. Today we're going to be in chapter 10, and we're tackling a pretty hearty passage today, 10, 1 through 24. And in this passage, Jesus equips and empowers 72 uh, of his uh, followers to go out and do ministry in his name. Um, with the specific call of um, sending them ahead into every town uh, and place where he was about to go to kind of prepare the way. Um, When I read this, it's interesting. Billy Graham, uh, in his many decades-long ministry of evangelism, equipped um, teams to go out ahead of his uh, evangelistic crusades that would be set up in, typically speaking, in large Uh, metropolitan areas, but his team would be on the ground there preparing uh, for the crusade many, many weeks and months before the crusade would take off. And they would be talking to people and working with the logistics teams and praying and preparing the ground for God's work. And um, I'm moved by that. I'm moved by that. And I'm moved by what Jesus had his disciples to setting the groundwork for the spirit to Uh, do his thing is an important part of um, our ministry. And when we're in ministry with someone, we should be um, praying that God would uh, move, uh, that God would open opportunities to talk about uh, his word and to talk about uh, our relationship with him, uh, to express our witness in ways that would be winsome and um, interesting to the person that we're witnessing to. Uh, so that they would have uh, firsthand knowledge of um, God's work in someone's life. And um, I don't know that we always, you know, take the time to think about the spiritual preparation for our work in people's lives. But I think that includes uh, lifting them to the Father and praying for wisdom and direction and leading and opportunities that God might use us in another person's life. Um, And then if we're involved in some uh, larger scale ministry opportunity, maybe a mission trip or a community outreach, um, that we would be praying that God would um, uh, prepare to use that in a mighty way among people's lives. You know, uh, often the thing that uh, is missing uh, for people is hearing about Jesus in a truthful, honest, and winsome way. Um, Yes, the scales are on their eyes only because they've not been introduced to him specifically in a way that um, won their attention and respect. Um, Often they get the characterized version of Christianity through the media uh, or through um, people who are angry with the church and the axes they have to grind with the church. And that's not to say the church has not wounded people and the church's witness has not sometimes been harmful. Uh, We know that's true. Um, But uh, if we're not laying a groundwork, uh, praying and asking and and interceding for these uh, experiences and events and uh, inviting the Holy Spirit to just um, be present and unleash his power uh, in a a visible way, um, then 
we're really just sort of leaving things to chance. We're not being intentional. And that's just not the way of the kingdom. And so I love this uh, this passage. Jesus goes on through the duration of the passage to give some specific instructions to his disciples about what they're to do when they go out two by two. And then he... He uh, speaks some words of judgment on some communities that rejected him. Uh, And then he talks about um, the believer's empowerment, uh, their authority uh, to overcome the power of the enemy. And then um, Jesus uh, expresses kind of a prayer to the Father um, uh, of rejoicing for for the work of his uh, disciples and the effectiveness of his disciples on, uh, based on the Spirit's empowerment. And uh, then we kind of wrap up the passage after that. So it's kind of a long one. There's a lot in it. We may not be able to touch on everything quite as deeply as I'd like, um, but we'll get a nice overview of Luke 10, 1 through 24. Let's uh, go to the Father before we start studying together today. Heavenly Father, it's another Friday, and we give you thanks, Lord. We've made it through the week. We give you thanks, Lord, that um, we can look back and see your faithful presence at work in our lives. And on Friday, Lord, we get a little excited because we know some rest is coming, some recreation is coming. And um, I pray for each of my friends that's listening today, Lord God, that you would that you would draw them into a season of rest this weekend. And Father, that we would experience the beauty and joy of Sabbath, not in a legalistic way, Lord, but that as we rest in your presence, we really would experience your healing, restorative touch. Oh God, how often... Um, life beats us up and uh, how desperate we are for your touch today. Speak, Lord, we pray through your word and challenge us with it uh, that we might be a sharp tools for your kingdom as you empower us with your spirit. We pray all these things in your holy name. Amen. All right, guys, Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 24. Jesus sends out the 72. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or a bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, Peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will turn, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not remove around do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, Eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, Even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be lifted to the heavens? No, you will go down to Hades. Whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you rejects me, but whoever rejects me rejects him who sent me. The seventy-two returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. 
He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and no one knows who the Father is except the Son and those whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then he turned to his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see, for I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see but did not see it, and to hear what you hear but did not hear it. What a passage. Now there is a lot going on here, as you can imagine. Uh, Three-fourths of this passage are uh, written in my translation in red letters. So we know those are words that are confidently attributed to Jesus specifically. Um, Luke gives us uh, a great picture of what Jesus was doing here. He was equipping 72 of his followers with special authority to go out as emissaries, ambassadors for the kingdom, and he sent them out ahead of ministry that he was planning to do and towns that he was about to go into. And um, he says this beautiful thing to them, the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. How true that is. Uh, The world is a mission field. Our own country is a mission field. 50 years ago in the United States, um, the majority of people on Sunday morning were in churches across the country, but that doesn't mean that people were coming to sincere faith in Jesus. That doesn't mean that people were living as sincere disciples. Uh, the harvest is plentiful. The world is full of people that don't know Jesus, that have not seen Jesus for who he is. And as I've said before, the kingdom of God is built every time someone sees Jesus Christ for who he really is. And Jesus announces himself as the Lord of the harvest uh, and that he's sending them out as workers into his harvest field. And so he says, I'm sending you out, but I'm sending you out as lambs. You're going to be rejected. Uh, You're going to be abused. You're going to be beaten up for the sake of the kingdom. Now, this may not be physically beating, but these the people are going to be rough on them. They're not going to always be received with open welcome arms. And so Jesus warns them, hey, this is going to be tough work. Spiritually, you're going to be beat up. Um, I am sending you out as lambs. Um, You're going out and you're sacrificing for the kingdom. And then he gives them some really interesting instructions. He wants them to be very nomadic and very dependent on God to provide by by connecting them to people of peace in the communities that they go into who will provide for them and provide shelter and food and a safe place of refuge. And so he says when you go into a house, if the person of peace there promotes uh, your stay, uh, then your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay where you are, eating and drinking what they give you. Uh, the worker deserves his wages. Don't move around from house to house. Stay, stay put until you're no longer welcome. <clears throat> and then as they're entering a town, um, he says, uh, he describes what kind of discernment uh, he'll be giving them. He says, if you enter a town and you're welcomed, eat what is offered to you there, heal the sick, 
who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near. So the same ministry he appointed the 12 to earlier in Luke's gospel uh, is the ministry that the 72 will be doing. They'll be healing the sick and they'll be proclaiming uh, the gospel, proclaiming that the kingdom of God has come near. Um, But if they're not welcomed, he told them to go into the streets and pronounce that even the dust of that town, they're going to wipe from their feet as a warning. Uh, but but even in towns you're unwelcome and tell them the kingdom of God has come near. The same message, um, but the different receptivity. He says, I tell you, it'll be more bearable on that day for Sodom, for that town. Now, we remember Sodom and Gomorrah from uh, the Old Testament uh, and the story of Abraham and Lot. And we know that uh, Sodom was destroyed and the people uh, were turned to, to pillars of salt in those towns uh, as, as an act of God's judgment against them. And God is saying, for the towns that refuse his appointed ones, uh, it'll be better for Sodom than for those towns. Now, that's quite a word of judgment, um, quite, a, quite a, a, a statement. And then he names specifically in the next uh, section three towns where he has gone before to perform uh, miracles and to, and to minister. And uh, these towns refused him. They rejected him. And so he calls down judgment on Chorazin, Bethsaida, and Capernaum. Now Tyre and Sidon are the uh, Gentile towns that are mentioned there. And in the Old Testament, they were receptive to the people of God and, and helpful in building the temple. And uh, there was a woman who cared for Elijah, uh, Syrophoenician, uh, who was from the area of Sidon and Tyre. And um, they simply didn't come to God because no one had introduced them to God. But Jesus says here, they would have responded to the message of the kingdom and repented and been in sackcloth and ashes. But you've refused me. You've rejected me. I perform miracles. I showed you the power of God, uh, Chorazin and Bethsaida and Capernaum, and uh, you refused me. And so uh, he speaks judgment on them as well. Um, <clears throat> it's interesting, you know, when Jesus uh, is doing this, he's sensing the hardness of their heart. He's not judging the people because he's unreceptive to them coming uh, to him and he doesn't want them in his kingdom. He certainly wants them in the kingdom, but he is uh, naming their sin and their sin is hardness of heart that keeps them from being receptive to the spirit of God. Uh, we're going to meet people like that as we reach out with um, with the, our witness for Jesus. We're going to meet people with hardness of heart. We're going to meet people who are shallow, who respond well to the to the message of the gospel, but uh, their faith in Christ uh, is easily um, blown away because of the cares and concerns of this life. We're going to meet people who have uh, obstacles to grace in their lives that keep them from responding. Um, And so uh, we have to press through and press on. And Jesus offers good encouragement here. I like how he talks about our, the spirit of peace in us connecting with the spirit of peace in another. And I think we've had those experiences where you meet someone who's just uniquely receptive. They don't know much about Jesus, but they're all ears. They want to hear it. That's a person of peace. That's a person who I would call them pre-Christian. They're ready for Christ. They just have never really been introduced to him. Um, And then Jesus gets uh, uh, a message back from 
the 72. But before that, he says, whoever listens to you listens to me, and whoever rejects you rejects me, but whoever rejects me rejects the one who sent me. And so he's encouraging them. He's saying, hey, if they're listening, that's great. They're, my word is getting through. If they're not listening, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. They're rejecting my father who sent me. Then the 72 come back, and their hearts are full of joy. They're having effectiveness in ministry. They're seeing uh, impure spirits submitting to them in Christ's name. And Jesus says, uh, hey, I was there when Satan fell from the heavens and got cast away. Uh, And I've given you authority to trample over snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. And that's an awesome, awesome statement. He says, I've given you all the authority of heaven uh, to proclaim my name against the enemy and, and you'll have power and nothing can harm you. But don't rejoice because these spirits submit to you. Rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Rejoice because you belong to God. You are one of his. That's the true joy. When we see powerful ministry happening, we can rejoice in God too because we see people getting free and we see people um, now able uh, to walk in the Lord and not uh, be harassed and tripped up by these things that were that were holding them back. And then Jesus sings a song of praise to the Father, and he's grateful that God has opened the eyes of his disciples to see him as he is, and uh, that he's befuddled those who think they know it all, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees. And um, he says, uh, he reveals something here, that if you, that if you know the Son... Um, <clears throat> that uh, no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. If you know the Son, if you see Jesus for who he is, and um, it's clear to you that he's the Messiah, that he has chosen to reveal himself to you, that that is an act of his sovereign will, that he is drawing you with his spirit. If you respond to Jesus and you profess faith in Jesus, Jesus has chosen to reveal himself to you. That's a powerful thing. You are blessed of God. You, you see him as he is, and he chose to reveal himself to you. That's powerful. Uh, he closes out the passage by turning to his disciples and saying, Blessed are the eyes uh, that see what you see. You see me for who I am. You see the kingdom for what it is. He says many prophets and kings wanted to see and didn't uh, see what you see, and they wanted to hear what you hear and didn't hear it. And so he's um, affirming them in their faith and saying, hey, guys, you get it. And uh, your, uh, your faith uh, is a powerful thing. And um, so I'm really encouraged by this passage today. There's so much here. Uh, I'd like to break it down and uh, spend uh, many weeks just looking at these words. But there's some great stuff in here for us. Be encouraged, guys. The Lord has empowered you for your ministry. Wherever he places you and whatever spheres of influence he's called you into. He's given you everything you need uh, for effective ministry there. But let's be reminded what he said to his own disciples, that he was sending them out like lambs among wolves. Um, Ministry in the way of Jesus, it's going to cost you something. It's not easy. It's a sacrifice. And and there's going to be hard times when people don't respond and you encounter hardness of heart. And it grieves you because you so want people to see Jesus for who he is. And you want them to be released from the things that bind them and be free and able to walk in his grace and mercy. But uh, that's not always going to happen. 
Um, but we go and, and we pray that Jesus would help us find the people of peace that would be ready to respond to his word. All right, my friends, be encouraged in your hearts today. Keep serving him. Be about the Father's business. Have a great weekend, and we'll get caught up on Monday.